spend my dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. Alabama wins! What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to a now, this is something we can work with, edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Make no mistakes. Saturday still saw Alabama fans reach their activity goals, pacing their living rooms, and my bourbon budget took a hit with so many transfer payments to the swear jar. But on the whole, what a day. Not perfect. Not even in the same league as perfect but lots of parts and pieces to be celebrated. Let's get to it. Offense, Jalen Milrow. Well, hello and welcome, Jalen Milrow. 17 for 21, 225 yards, one touchdown. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Is that the kind of stat line that we predicted last week that Alabama needed from their quarterbacks? 17, 21, 225. That sounds mighty familiar. Uh, one interception and an ugly one. And uh, for my money, Rick Neuheisel, CBS commentator, uh, studio, studio uh, host, quarterback, former college quarterback, former college uh, f- head football coach, I think he summed it up about as perfectly as one could talking about Milrow and his 17-for-21 performance, Neuheisel uh, suggested that Milrow can put the ball where he wants to. If he can hit 17-of-21, he can put the ball where he wants to. What he needs to do is organize his eyes to avoid disaster. And I think the interception that Milrow threw is a really a perfect embodiment of that assessment by uh, Coach Rick. Uh, it was a little bit of a now amateur podcaster here, not professional uh, coach, but it looked like a, a, a two-receiver high-low concept. Uh, one receiver going to the back of the end zone. That's the sexy uh, part of the play. And one receiver uh, running, looked like a little curl, uh, right at about the, the five-yard uh, five line. And that's the boring uh, component of the route. And Milrow went for the flash. He threw for the end zone. Uh, where the where the defenders were converging, and that led to an interception. Rather than the boring completion at the five, uh, live to fight another day, uh, put Alabama in, in uh, position uh, to at least score or f- score a field goal, potentially uh, more. I think it's fixable. I really do. I think that play is fixable. Uh, I think the play itself illustrates the solution. It's a one-read combo route. What Milrow needs is reps reading it correctly you know sometimes a read uh when, when a quarterback is an, either with an rpo or uh sort of a route combo uh, sometimes it's uglier than it is prettier when you read it wrong it's uglier than it is prettier when you read it wrong that doesn't mean it can't be fixed the 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 hitting the the interception that's ugly that is just ugly a uh, completion to the five it's attractive. It's not gorgeous. It's not as pretty as as the interception is uh, is ugly. But I, again, I think it is fixable. Uh, I think Milrow needs more reps at that at that combo. Uh, reading it right again, it's you know quarterbacks all the time make the wrong the wrong read on an RPO. Oftentimes that's just a tackle at the line of scrimmage. It's not as egregious as an interception uh, in the end zone. This is a play where Milrow needs more reps. 
making the correct read. He's seen it on paper. He's seen it on film. He has seen other quarterbacks run it. He's seen it repped in practice. Now he's seen it live in a game, and he made the wrong decision. I think as he continues to get experience, talking about Monroe, as he continues to uh, round out his experience, this is something that goes into the the mental uh, banks for him. And next time they run this this combination, uh, this route combination, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama ran it lots of times in practice this week, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama ran it this next week. Uh, again, let's go back to that well again because Milrow's going to make a better decision next time he is uh, confronted with this opportunity, with this, uh, this route combo. Uh, meanwhile, there's a lot of baby in that bathwater uh, talking about Milrow. 81% completion rate, a beautiful stand-in-the-pocket 33-yarder to freshman Jalen Hale for a touchdown. Uh, he took a hit, uh, knocked the wind out of him, so he wasn't injured per se, uh, but still standing in the pocket in the face of uh, an oncoming rush, and he threw a laser to Jalen uh, Hale, so that was a very nice uh, completion there, certainly for the touchdown. Uh, Milrow hit 10 different receivers. Five were actually wide receivers, uh, two tight ends, a fullback, and two running backs. So he truly was the point guard distributing the ball uh, to all of the pass-catching playmakers. So that that indicates in some regard he is seeing the field. He is reading uh, the receivers, the defen- uh, the defenders, Lot of lot of uh, growth opportunity for him there, but he's not locked on to one receiver and has one sort of security blanket in his game. Uh, he certainly is comfortable distributing the ball to multiple receivers, and so we could go back and break that down. How many of those were route combos where he made the right read? And there's a lot of fixation on the negative read, which I understand that. Uh, that's how it works. But again, I think there's a lot of good in what we're seeing from Jalen, uh, especially with the, the the coaching staff and the play calling more geared towards Milrow. Uh, I think a philosophy that I've carried to this point in the game is, and, and we've talked about it on the Zoom calls, if you're on those, we've talked about it in the podcast, we've talked about it's a slam dunk on, I, I thought, and I was wrong, it's a slam dunk on where the coaches want to go with the quarterback because there's a scheme that they don't want to change. Now, I actually still believe that's true. However, week four, or through the first three weeks, it became very clear that Milrow needed to be the starting quarterback, which required a move, a shift from the scheme that the coaching staff, that Saban uh, necessarily wanted to run. And so as the offense week to week to week is geared more towards the skills and talents of Milrow, we're going to continue to see him grow uh, and blossom, and uh, that's going to be fun to watch. To, to watching his progression uh, over the next three to six weeks, I think, uh, uh, certainly going to be a lot, uh, a lot of fun. So again, there's a lot of baby in that bathwater. Let's not throw it all out. Uh, there were four sacks. I think that's too many. Uh, not all of them on him, uh, but there were definitely a couple times where uh, he's got to just get rid of the ball. I said that emphatically in my basement a, a couple of times uh, uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, but there's a lot of building blocks that um, that Alabama, that the coaching staff and Milrow can uh, can work from. So that's uh, uh, so that's that's sort of the the focus that is an Alabama fan. We need to take uh, from this game that there's a lot of good. Uh, that the team can build from coming out of the, the obviously the Texas loss uh, and coming out of the South Florida game. I don't know that there was a lot of good coming from that South Florida game. Maybe the last six minutes uh, on offense, but not a lot of good 
in this uh, Alabama Saturday against Ole Miss, I think there was more good that came to the uh, came to came to bear, and we're going to spend some time talking about that as as we already are. Uh, complimentary football. Uh, that's another. Uh, that's a, we sort of were demanding of that in last week's podcast. And uh, Thursday night we got on a Zoom call and and I kind of went on a rant uh, a little bit about that again. Kind of got a little bit worked up and I could see some nods uh, across the people. Uh, those on the call I could see some nods and I could see some grinning like oh, he's getting wound up again. And uh, absolutely and and complimentary football I think was the theme of the day. Uh, Alabama against Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama had 45 carries and look it wasn't all uh, candy and rainbows. Uh, I think Alabama had a 3.6-yard uh, uh, per carry average. That's not glamorous. That's not glorious. Uh, but it uh, was was important in helping Alabama uh, play complimentary, fo- complimentary football. Uh, and Alabama was was near dominant with a 34, uh, almost 34 and a half minutes uh, time of possession. And, uh, again, I think those are improvements that, uh, that Alabama can build upon and that's a style of play that this year's Alabama team needs to uh, needs to lean into. Uh, again, that was the promise of the offseason. We saw a little bit of that manifest on Saturday. More, please give me more. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, please, thank you. I'll take another. First and goal at the one on a seven and three uh, game. If there's one thing that that probably that aggravates me more than maybe the interception uh, is Alabama uh, not running the quarterback sneak uh, on first and goal at the one. Uh, again, a, a tight game. Alabama trailing. Uh, certainly, I think should have leaned into the quarterback sneak game, lining up under center and running the quarterback sneak. We joked. Were we really joking? We joked in last last week's open. Do we know of an offense that can be sort of geared or, around or centered around the quarterback sneak? Well, first and one at the goal uh, is is when you run that offense. And uh, had, had the coaching staff sort of gotten a, got on the horn and said, "Look, this is four down territory. We're just going to run it, uh, run the quarterback right up uh, the center's rear end uh, four times, and they're either going to get the ball at the one inch line or we're going to score a touchdown here." Uh, I, I, I wish Alabama had had sort of focused on that. Um, what's uh, What's interesting is Alabama didn't end up with a field goal on that drive, uh, but it was a it was a negative twenty one yard gain scoring drive. So you don't see those. Uh, you don't see those very often. I did see someone on a message board, and, and again, you, those are kind of fun to sort of dabble in a little bit. There was someone that sort of peacocking uh, a little bit and, and sort of, I don't understand why we're mad at the at the play call and not mad at the center at the snap. And I think, hey, I know this guy. Uh, you're someone that would rather be right than someone that would rather get it right. We're not mad at the play call in and of itself, in a vacuum, we're mad at the play call because of the issue with the snap. We're mad at the play call because of the success that Alabama had last week running the ball uh, behind uh, with a quarterback uh, behind the center. And when you have a quarterback that's athletic, as Milrow is, why risk any of the known the other known issues that are in play and and why not just lean into what you know works and so it's of course we don't like that the that the center had a bad snap and of course we're playing the outcome just a little bit there but we know what we know too lining up uh for that play so 
Uh, again, there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger context. Uh, I think it's important to, to understand that. And it's about getting it right rather than uh, uh, rather than simply being right. Uh, let's talk about the offensive line. I thought they were improved uh, sort of across the board. Uh, there were still four sacks. That's too many. Uh, not all of those were on the offensive line. Uh, uh, only 2.9 uh, average rushing yards. I think I said three something. There's 2.9. Uh, that accounts for sacks. Uh, and there were some ugly sacks. Uh, Alabama was was only six of 13 on third downs. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity to improve there. And I, one of the things that I watched during the game, uh, the spy, the, the, the TV announcers kept talking about, well, the spy uh, keeps making the, the, tack on Mil, uh, the, the tackle on Milrow, uh, the sack on Milrow uh, a couple times. And I, and, and, and I thought, hey, if we know who the spy is, why don't we knock the spy on his ass? Um, why don't we hit the spy? And there was one play for, for me that sort of really personified that, uh, Tyler Booker, uh, you know, sometimes as, as depending upon how the, the defense is attacking the offensive line of scrimmage, sometimes there will be a lineman that just won't have anyone to block. Uh, and so, you know, put your head on a swivel uh, and then and then lean into maybe helping a block. Uh, Landon Dickerson was always good at that. He'd take care of his man, uh, or if he didn't have an opportunity, then he would go look to see who could, who he could chip on, chip in on, uh, with the goal of putting someone on their ass. And uh, Booker did that a little bit. He, uh, you know, head on a swivel, looking for who to block, and uh, and then went over to uh, assist the center. And I think as he sort of turned to go to the center, the spy came right in behind him uh, and and put a lick on the quarterback. And and so my thought is, hey, you don't have anyone to physically physically block, but you see five yards in front of you, the spy, and we know who the spy is. And so just stand there and mirror the spy, spy the spy. Uh, and if he comes in, then knock him uh, on, on his ass. Uh, if Milrow goes to run, and that'll be behind you, but you can tell where Milrow's going by watching the spy. It's a mirror. And uh, so mirror the spy, put the spy on, that, on, on his ass on that play, don't let him make a play uh, on the quarterback, and I think that's exactly what happened. Uh, but if you know who the spy is, then there's you know there's an opportunity uh, who, who to take it out. Now, some teams will mix up uh, who the spy is, uh, or they'll free the spy by blitzing at uh, you know at a guard or at, at a lineman who may be uh, attempting to do that. Uh, but uh, I thought there was an opportunity there. Again, there's a lot that I liked across the offensive line, uh, but but there are still things that could be cleaned up, and that's something that certainly caught my eye watching the game. Uh, we did see uh, Proctor uh, roll, uh, rotate out uh, late uh, in the first half. Uh, Elijah Pritchard came in and, and played. Uh, Dalcourt looked like he got dinged up a little bit, so Terrence Ferguson came in. Uh, and then Terrence Ferguson got dinged up, and so Dalkert, uh rotated back in and you know seemed to play okay. Uh, I like the I, I don't like Dalkert getting dinged up and that bringing Ferguson in. Although I like Ferguson better than Dalkert at the guard. And of course, Ferg gets dinged up, and so Dalkert has to come back. So you've got the injured sort of uh, uh, backing up the injured. Uh, I like the fire bringing uh, Pritchard in. I like the fire that can light uh, under Proctor. I think Proctor's ceiling is just incredibly high. Uh, for my money, I think he'd probably drop 15 pounds, be a little lighter on his feet. Uh, but I think he has a world of talent and opportunity ahead of him. But I don't mind keeping the, the fire uh, lit under his seat. Again, improvement still needs to be made. Some improvement recognized. So it is a work in progress. 
but it's progressing in the right direction. A lot of things that Alabama can work with and build with here. Let's talk quickly about the running backs. Uh, is as pleased as I personally am with their performance Saturday. There's not a whole lot really to say. Uh, Jace McClellan was uh, the feature back. Demonstrated why he is the uh, the feature back. He had 17 carries for a buck 05, uh, average 6.2. So that's nice. Had a touchdown. Uh, really sort of nice sort of ping pong, uh, uh, you know, bouncing around in the interior. Uh, there for his touchdown uh, physical run. Rodell Williams, who was sort of the star running back last week against Southern Florida, was much less productive Saturday uh, against Ole Miss. He had eight carries for 21 yards. Uh, he had a 2.6 yard average, so not very good there. But Roydell continues to be a very physical runner, uh, and these are carries that wear down the defense. And so even though they're not glamorous, uh, had Roydell had 18 carries or 10 more carries, uh, much like Jace did, I think his his numbers and his averages uh, would have been uh, would have been much higher. Uh, Roydell is certainly uh, again we talk about a physical runner and we talk about a running back that the coaches trust uh, having in there. And when we're stacking carries uh, and stacking plays on the opponent's defense with the objective of wearing them down, uh, Roydell's a good candidate for that. So uh, we'd like his numbers to be higher, uh, but we appreciate uh, sort of the subtle competition uh, or contribution that uh, Williams made on the day Saturday. Wide receivers, I think I've already mentioned this, but 10 pass catchers were in play. Uh, That's phenomenal. Uh, The two that obviously I think are going to stand out the most to everyone, uh, freshman Jalen Hale and uh, Jermaine Burton had nearly identical stat lines. Uh, Hale was uh, two catches for 63. Uh, Burton was two catches for 62. Uh, Jalen Hale had a long of 33 that was a touchdown, and Jermaine Burton had a long of 54 uh, that led to the go-ahead field goal. So both of them made significant contributions uh, in the passing game. Uh, Hale uh, reaching pay dirt, dirt, uh, but Jermaine with a much longer pass uh, that uh, that helped set up a uh, go-ahead field goal. That was the field goal get, that got Alabama to nine, and uh, uh, Alabama didn't look back uh, much uh, from there on the day. Uh, mini game ball on uh, offense. I'm going to split this a little bit. Uh, I saw two players do uh, versions of the same thing. Very, very subtle. Uh, if you weren't watching and re-watching some of the replays, you may not have noticed it. On Jace's touchdown run, he was a little bit of a sort of a ping-pong ball, sort of bounced around a physical line of scrimmage. I don't know that he was exactly losing his footing, uh, but he had certainly lost his momentum, more going sideways than, than forward. And Proctor just sort of bumped him and pushed him uh, forward and gave him that rocket boost uh, to run forward into the uh, the end zone. And so it's a very subtle uh, Proctor helping uh, the running back sort of get focused and go in the right direction. There was another play. I think it was on a Milrow uh, scramble. Uh, looked like he was about to lose his footing. And uh, Robbie Oots just sort of bumped him. Uh, it almost served as a, as a uh, like a wall or a buffer, buffer to, to knock uh, Milrow sort of back r- upright and uh, running forward. And uh, I think that went for a first down. Uh, so I like uh, I like the guys in there uh, putting their body in in the play so that the uh, ball carrier can uh, sort of get their footing back under them, uh, get their balance uh, upright. And uh, continue to uh, continue to progress to the ball. So those are fun things to carry. Very very subtle things uh, that uh, 
you know, you, sometimes you just get lucky when you when you spot uh, stuff like that. But uh, but it's fun to know that there's a million just little contributions that that go into every play, and uh, man, when they're lined up and, and working with you, it just propels the team uh, forward. It's uh, um, like a conveyor belt to uh, to success, and, and and it's fun to see uh, when it's working. Boy, it it sucks <laughs> when it's uh, working against you. All right, let's uh, as we do, let's flip the field and talk uh, defense. Again, you know, complementary football at work here. So offense sort of possessing the ball and defense really having the opportunity to get after it and uh, be aggressive. And that's what Alabama fans saw on Saturday. Holding Ole Miss to 3 of 14 on third down conversions. Uh, that's an amazing stat. Uh, holding Ole Miss to 10 points uh, scored. Uh, we're talking about an offense that was averaging uh, over 50 uh, a game. So to hold Ole Miss to, to 10. Uh, Lane Kiffin made the comment that we thought we had something for Alabama. We thought uh, we thought we could get them. We thought we uh, we had something for them this, this week. And uh, sort of what contributes to that, that thought process is – uh, you know, a couple of things, but, you know, Ole Miss playing very well at that point in the season. Uh, Alabama struggling coming off that South Florida game. Uh, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, knowing what Sark and Texas were able to do against Alabama, knowing Lane did, knowing that they could replicate some of that, or certainly thinking that uh, that they could replicate that. So when Lane Kiffin says, we thought we had something for him, we thought we could catch him this year, those are the things that legitimately, those are, he wasn't wrong for thinking that. Those are legitimate, uh, just Alabama had more in the tank, more sort of bounce back. And uh, to hold uh, Ole Miss to, to 10 points in the full context of, uh, of the circumstance, of the situation, is pretty dang impressive. Holding uh, Ole Miss to 56 yards rushing, 1.9 yard average is amazing. When you hold a team, Alabama just averaged 2.6. Now, that accounted for, for sacks, as does their average. Um, there's enough separation there that uh, you start averaging under two, then you got to, as a, as a coach, as a team, as a play caller, you start thinking, I've got to pull back. I can't run the ball as much. I'm not able to run the ball. And Alabama sort of doubled down and said, we're going we're gonna to persist. We're going to stick with it. And uh, it, got, it got easier later. Uh, it's harder earlier, and uh, Ole Miss never sort of hit that inflection point, and uh, Alabama did, thankfully. Uh, Alabama had five sacks on the day, four pass deflections, one interception, and ten, ten tackles for loss. Uh, talk about uh, coaches said a lot this season, drive stoppers, tackles for loss, ten of them. Those are quite significant. Three of 14 on third down conversions, those are significant drive stoppers. So good on the Alabama defense. Let's talk about some of the individual performances, some of the individual players. Uh, Dallas Turner cements himself, in my mind, as an All-America candidate, is a top five uh, draft pick caliber player. Uh, two sacks on the day, three and a half tackles for loss. Um, his pursuit and his speed and his athleticism uh, was on display tackling uh, Jackson Dart. Uh, he had the angle on him uh, earlier uh, earlier in the game on a on a running play down downfield. It's amazing. It was amazing to see you know Dallas as big as he is relative to other players on the field. How fluid he is uh, in his in his movement and able to track players and and runners down the field. And then he had a beautiful uh, sack in the backfield where he he flushed out Jackson Dart. 
and was and was chasing him. Now Dart's an athletic player. Let's let's not get mixed up about this. Uh, but Dallas knew, and, and there's a mental calculus that players just they just execute. Um, and but there's a calculus that goes on that he knew exactly when to dive. Knew that I'm not going to get him, but if I dive right now, I can trip him up. And uh, and was able to, to score a sack on uh, on that play. Uh, Terry and Arnold does he not get better every single week? Is he not a dynamic, uh, exciting player to watch? He had eight tackles. I think they were all solo. Uh, eight tackles. He had two pass deflections. He had an interception. And there was a really nice article. Uh, I didn't see the footage of a Terry and Arnold post game interview, but there must have been. Uh, Terrian uh, was talking about the interception, and he said they they ran uh, they ran a play at him, sort of a misdirection player in motion, uh, running at him uh, earlier in the game, and uh, they got a gain on that. And Terrian said, "I knew they were going to come back to that." And later in the game, they ran the same motion. I think it was a different receiver. They ran the same motion, and uh, I need to find this interview. But I think Terrian said he smiled when he saw it because he knew it was coming. And he perfectly played the ball, uh, got a, a certainly a big interception for Alabama, and uh, he looked uh, pretty impressive as he was uh, returning that as well. Uh, Terrian is playing with a tremendous amount of confidence. He looks incredibly comfortable in the field. He knows what the task is playing opposite of uh, McKinstry, and we've talked about this. We've referenced this dating back to, to last season. McKinstry is going to help shut down a portion of the field. They're going to attack the other cornerback. Lane Kiffin, again, in his postgame, said we went after Tarion because we had success there last year. And, uh, and, and Lane specifically called out number three uh, is having a, a good game on Saturday. And so, again, you got an, an offensive-minded coach that knows he wants to attack an individual, very specific, play, uh, specific player, that he's had success doing that in the past, and the coach come back, uh, comes back and says, that number three, uh, he's improved, he's a good player. We've got to feel confident uh, as Alabama fans. We've got to feel good about Terry and Arnold and the contribution. Uh, we talked about Kool-Aid, uh, essentially took away uh, a good portion of the field, uh, which, again, for a passing offense – Ole Miss and Jackson Dart for a passing offense. Uh, that's that is phenomenal. That's a, you're not going to see that in the stats other than uh, other than ten points. Uh, that's that's where you that's you know where you start to see that. Uh, Kool Aid had a near interception and uh, he was a little aggravated with himself. Looks like he got one, maybe two hands on it. Uh, wasn't able to rule it in, uh, uh, rein it in. But uh, nonetheless, Kool Aid uh, is a tremendous player. Uh, Deontay Lawson went out with injury. That is a significant loss uh, to the Alabama defense, uh, but it looked like the backups really just uh, took it upon themselves uh, to raise their level of play. Uh, uh, Jahil Campbell uh, had seven seven tackles, uh, looked really good on the game. Kendrick Blackshear played and just looked like a physical monster uh, out there. Those are those are intimidating looking individuals. Uh, put them in pads and have them running around at you. Uh, and they're that much more so. Malachi Moore continues to contribute. Uh, he is all over the field, uh, making plays, registering tackles, uh, cutting off uh, running lanes, uh, uh, you know, sort of de- uh, contaminating parts of the field uh, so the offense uh, is, you know, less effective. Uh, Malachi Moore is a tremendous uh, player for Alabama. Even when he doesn't light up a stat sheet, he is all over the minds of the opposing offense 
and uh, offensive coordinators certainly are think, thinking about uh, 13. Uh, the Tims played well. Keenan and Smith uh, both played well. Both registered um, multiple tackles, multiple, uh, I want to say multiple sacks or one, one, one and a half sacks. Uh, they may have uh, split some, some sacks there. But uh, uh, nonetheless, that's the, the type of push that Alabama needs from its defensive line. And uh, mini game ball on defense. I'm gonna go back to like the old days, and 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 like like Tommy used to do. He used to break the mini game ball, uh, and sometimes I would carve out a very specific sort of niche play, uh, not their overall performance, but a very singular sort of niche play uh, for uh, mini game ball. And I'm gonna do that. So I'm I'm kind of breaking it. Uh, I'm going Dallas Turner. He's the first defender I wanted to talk about. He's the last defender I want to talk about because uh, his contribution Saturday was just that compelling. But, uh, of course, he has all the headline stats with the tackles for loss and the sacks um, and and just his he runs like a deer uh, on the field for someone that's that's as big as he is. But he had a beautiful play that just uh, – it's just it's, – it's the type of play that gets lost, and this is what the mini game ball is all about. It's a type of play that just gets lost to the history of the game. No one's going to remember this. They're not going to write songs about it. Daniel Moore's not, you know, cleaning his easel, you know, to to, to paint this up. But uh, there there was a, a critical sort of uh, third down play where where Ole Miss leaked a running back out to uh, out to the sideline, and that was that was the play. I mean, we're going to look downfield and see if something you know opens up downfield. But we've got a hot outlet right over here and look we're only trying to get a few yards for you know for the first down and so we're going to look downfield we're going to push the the defense we're going to you know try to extend the defense back and we're going to try to leak out something here uh underneath and dallas turner uh you know came around the corner and in fact they're going to let they're going to let corner uh turner in because it's it's a little bit of a screen um not a in a traditional sense there weren't sort of lead blockers uh but we're going to option turner let him come in and we're going to throw right o- right over his head and uh turner came in and he stopped and then he and he went back and it basically blew up the play uh dart had to throw the ball uh into the bleachers because uh single-handedly dallas turner blew up that play and uh again that gets lost to the history of the game there's no there's no poems written over that but uh, certainly a mini game ball given for uh, for that play uh, that was uh, spectacular. Uh, amid, amongst all of the big plays that Dallas made, that is one, and uh, that's one that won't show up uh, necessarily anywhere but here. All right, uh, let's talk about special teams. I, you know, for me, it was more of a mixed bag than maybe we've seen in um, uh, in other weeks this year. <clears throat> but it was not good. Uh, Will Reichert was three of six on field goals, uh, allowing Alabama to score their first nine points. That is not insignificant. Uh, meanwhile, Reichert had two kickoffs that went out of bounds. Ah, yeah, I hate to see that. Uh, giving up, giving the opponent, you know, free yardage there. They get the ball at the at the twenty-five. Uh, when you kick it out of bounds, they get it at the, at the thirty-five. Uh, you're getting and Saban parlance, you're giving them a first down. And you stack up enough first downs, you stack up enough yards, about 100 yards, however you get it, generally nets, uh, you know, translates into a touchdown. Uh, that's how Saban thinks about it. It's not a bad way of thinking about it. And so on two kicks that go out of bounds like that, you're giving them 20 yards. Add that to the 25 they get for free. Uh, now, you know, again, we're doing transitive math here, but you're allowing them to set up uh, in the uh, middle of the field. So or uh, near the near the middle of the field so we don't like those sorts of penalties 
uh, just kick it out of bounds, or not out of bounds, kick it out of the end zone and uh, go from there. Burnup continues to impress, and I'm going to call him out every week that he does. Uh, he had three punts. Now, only three punts, so that's impressive. Uh, he had three punts. Uh, that's good on the Alabama offense. Uh, three punts, 48.3-yard uh, uh, average, so that's very nice. He had a long of 56. Boy, I like that average above 45, and the closer that average uh, gets to 50, that's that's exciting, and so 48 yard average plus a 48 yard average uh, with the long of 56, very very nice. Uh, Jacory Brooks, we talked earlier, we talked preseason. Alabama has so much talent and depth across this roster that 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 athleticism is going to manifest. It's going to present itself on special teams. And Jacory Brooks, who who I call the number one receiver uh, on the team in 22. Uh, had a huge blocked punt. Now, unfortunately, Alabama couldn't flip that necessarily into a, a bunch of points, but it was a uh, huge blocked punt, uh, and that's something that shows up on film. Uh, it makes it makes Ole Miss punter uh, nervous for the rest of the day, but it shows up on film. Other teams have to think about that. They have to account for that. Uh, punters, it, it can rush uh, the sort of the process, uh, the battery there. It can rush that uh, that process. And so uh, it's always good to see uh, a blocked punt because that gets in the minds uh, of the special teams um, and uh, sort of the principles on the on a, the punt uh, the punt mechanic and the punt battery there. Uh, there were zero kick returns by Alabama, which I think is a beautiful stat for more than one reason. But I enjoyed seeing no kick returns. That is great. A Jamarian Miller tackle was very Reuben Foster esque. It was beautiful. I loved it. I exalted, uh, exhorted uh, passionately to the TV uh, when that happened. Unfortunately, it was a penalty. I do agree with the penalty. I do agree uh, with the penalty. Uh, the targeting, the the rule of targeting has evolved. It's not just head to head anymore. It's it's like the old spearing rule. Uh, and, and so the, the, the targeting is not really a new rule. It's just they dust it off and put, and put glitter on the old spearing rule. You can't spear. You can't lead with the tip of, tip of your helmet. And it's more about the safety of the tackler than it is the safety of the tacklee. Now, head-to-head is its own thing, uh, but, but, but spearing and uh, leading with the crown of the helmet is is about uh, protecting the defender, and so what Jacory or what uh, Jam did was an illegal tackle. I'm not mad at that. However, two things can be true at once. I hate the penalty. I love the physicality, and I loved the energy and the boost that that gave uh, Alabama. Uh, I'm not saying let's go out and target. Uh, commit targeting penalties uh, every time we need a, a burst of energy. Uh, rather, let's go out and knock someone on their ass because that's, at the end of the day, that's sort of what the the message was. Uh, but it was a it was uh, an incredible burst of energy. Just get the head up a little bit. Let's see what we're tackling. Uh, it would have been just as ferocious, and Jam wouldn't have been uh, penalized. But I love. There's a nuance to what I'm saying. Let's not go commit a bunch of penalties. Let's not put our players at risk of injury with, with sparing and, uh, and and those types of, of hits. However, let's go slobber knock someone because that is motivating 
to uh, to the Alabama defense and certainly to special teams. So uh, a little bit of a let's not do it that way, but good job, uh, uh, Jim Marion, for that tackle. All right, next up, what is next up? Alabama travels to Starkville in what has to be one of the easiest travel arrangements uh, in the SEC. Alabama or Tuscaloosa to Starkville or Starkville to uh, Tuscaloosa. It's a <clears throat> pretty easy drive uh, between the two. And uh, Alabama heads over uh, for a night game next week. Uh, Mississippi State is reeling, I'd say, a little bit more than Alabama, having lost uh, their last two games. Uh, last one, uh, relatively close game to South Carolina on the road. South Carolina's not a world beater uh, this season, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, playing Mississippi State is always a physical game. I think the proximity uh, does something uh, you know, to the, the competitors, uh, but it's always a physical game. Uh, quarterback Will Rogers is always a dangerous uh, weapon for uh, Mississippi State. Uh, but head coach, uh, new head coach, uh, Kevin Arnett, uh, former defensive coordinator, is transitioning the offense away away from the air raid into more of a, a pro style. And I don't know that they're all the way there. That's a big sort of transition to make. I don't know that they're all the way there. I think that's that is part of why they're uh, the Bulldogs are are reeling a little bit. And um, probably I'd say this is not a good matchup for Mississippi State where they are in their season. Uh, their their apparent trajectory where Alabama is and its apparent trajectory probably not the best matchup that uh, that state would uh, would root for uh, this week but that's what uh, the docket calls for and uh, is I look forward to this game uh, still a little high off the energy from uh, Ole Miss uh, I'm I'm projecting good things for Alabama this week uh, and I see this as a 31 to 14 style uh, ball game so we'll see uh, how that uh, that plays out so uh, a couple of administrative things uh, I do want to call out uh, we did get another five star uh, review uh, we really appreciate that I was gonna prepare to, to read it uh, on the air and I just I hit record before uh, I finished the prep. We'll get that on uh, next week. We do appreciate uh, the five-star review uh, with the comments. Definitely reach out and uh, or, or head to iTunes or your podcast, you know, down listener, downloader, and uh, leave us reviews. It helps people find us. If you appreciate what we're doing, uh, that's a, that's an easy sort of free thing uh, that you can do that we so greatly. Uh, appreciate and when we have an opportunity to do shout outs uh, we certainly want to do that so we'll catch that one up um, we also uh, welcome and appreciate those who uh, join the or participate in the sort of the listener support team uh, we so uh, appreciate that uh, and I really wanted to get the review in this week because the review spoke specifically about that uh, but uh, we'll, we'll touch that uh, we're gonna try to do a Mississippi State interview this week and so we'll try to include that there uh, but uh, we'll have our Zoom calls or our virtual tailgates uh, this Saturday. It's an away game, so we'll do uh, a Saturday morning virtual tailgate. If that is at all interesting sounding to you, then sign up for the support team, and uh, we'll send you the link out for uh, the virtual Zoom. You can download prior virtual Zoom, sort of get a, a sense for that. And we do have uh, sort of a trial, a free trial, uh, on our membership package packages uh, so you know give it a ride and uh, see how it goes uh, with that if there's any questions or topics that you specifically want us to hit up 
go to uh, Alabama Football Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we certainly enjoy uh, engaging with everyone there. In the meantime, let's do what we do. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out, a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, And, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.